0: Welcome to Saltier Politics this week and we have a lot to talk about. You are on, first of all, season eight of Game of Thrones. Finally,
1: I'm I'm one episode behind everybody else, but I finally saw the big battle of Winterfell.
0: And I've got thoughts. Let's let's hear the thoughts, reactions, musings, moral dilemmas. I'm not
1: happy. Um I was a bored um, okay, yes, it was... It was boring. Secondly, um, maybe my eyes are going, but it was super dark. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, here, here's this, like, epic, world-changing battle. And uh, it was kind of anticlimactic.
0: I, I mean, how was the aria? Uh, I wasn't, to, you know, I wasn't... I, first of all... The Michael Jordan... Like, <laughs> knife
1: switch all four foot 11 of her i shouldn't of, judge because she's my height probably but
0: of killing the night king was pretty darn epic
1: it was but that's all it took valerian steel did we know this that that's all it would take to kill the night king was just one jab of valerian steel like why don't fire kill him why didn't the dragon kill him
0: i wasn't he in some way i don't i don't know
1: but I don't either. I think he was created by Valerian Steel, by, by the children of the I'm, whoever.
0: I'm so surprised right now because I when Arya did that kill, I don't think I've ever got it got as excited watching any sporting event or maybe playing in a sporting event, but really watching one. I got up, I fist pumped. No. I did like I don't do a lap around my belly. All right.
1: I have something that I want to complain about with Game of Thrones, and I was hoping I wouldn't have to complain about it because I was hoping that the writers would take pity on me and actually do something about this. How is it that Jorah Mormont, who's devoted the last seven and a half or eight seasons to Khaleesi, ends up dying without her hooking up with him?
0: I mean, he's, he's a little old. And, eh. and it wasn't... She would have just done it... out a pity? P- pity. It would have been a pity It was one. worth
1: it. Come on. No. He, he deserves it. He did everything for her. And the fact that he died unrequited while she's wasting her time with her nephew slash brooder, boring John Snow who I think is a totally boring I think, character.
0: I I do agree with you with Mr. Snow. I I do not want him to be victorious and on the throne. No, you.
1: well you know my feelings. I'm team Jamie, now that Jamie and Cersei and I haven't seen this new newest episode, so don't tell me if I'm missing something. But um I'm definitely not team Jon Snow. Jon Snow is just boring, and he's gotten more progressively sanctimonious and boring over the years. And unlike Sansa, who's very sanctimonious, at least she's not boring.
0: She's, she's had quite an arc. In, in her, I have, am less able to guess what, what's going to happen with her.
1: Yeah. predict it. And also, could we just talk now that he's dead and I can finally talk about this, because I've seen it, um, about poor Theon Greyjoy. So I feel like Theon Greyjoy never had... Nobody gave him a chance from the start. Like, think about Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy was born to this marauder, lame, second-tier king father. He gets given up as a hostage to the Starks from birth. Not from birth, but from a very young age. He's got one foot in one camp, another foot in another camp. Like, this poor guy never had a chance. And I think he's almost the most tragic figure. Everybody always thinks that Sansa's this tragic figure, and she's had a lot of awful things happen to her. But I feel like Theon Greyjoy is like a tragic figure in a way that um, no other character is. I because mean, because of that, I mean, this poor guy. When when did when did Theon Greyjoy ever have the chance to do the right thing? By I, by by everybody, he never had.
0: I don't know. I think he, I mean he screwed over the Starks.
1: He, well, he did it on behalf of his dad, right? I mean, that's Which, the problem. He kind of, you know, blood is thicker than water. And I kind of understand to some extent with the push and pull of where he was coming from. He screwed them over. But on the other hand, what was he going to do? I mean, he was his house was at war with the Starks. He was a hostage. I mean, the Starks may have treated him well, but he was still a hostage. And you saw this in, in real medieval British history all the time when um, royalty would be forced to give up, kings would be forced to give up their, their sons to... Um, to opposing um to opposing kings as, as hostages for good behavior and, and they may have been raised by those opposing kings but the houses are still at war with each other. Um so I feel like he's just I, I felt sorry for him. I think Bran, by the way, needs to lay off the pot or whatever he's on oh because my gosh. Yeah, enough with him already, like the only, I, t- the only time I got excited was when I thought the Night King was finally going to end it with him.
0: I I was completely over him. I was ready for Bran to be done. Yeah, I was ready for
1: Bran to be done, too. He's
0: probably going to be the only one at the end who doesn't die. Know. He's, he's going to be the one standing there and sitting. Well, there's this- a
1: theory that this is all... There's two theories that I've read. One is that Bran was the Night King um, all along, which obviously is not the case. The other theory is that this is all um, some... Some Sam Samuel Tarly is basically narrating this whole thing as, as a master of the cit, meister of the Citadel, and this is all some tale that he's telling. And in fact, that, that yeah, it's um, both both of which I think are not true. But um, I don't know. I was very disappointed in this battle, Battle of Winterfell. It was like an hour and a half long, and after the first twenty minutes, I was bored. And the only time that I got excited, Emily, was when your theory, which I don't know if you shared on this on this. Um, <laughs> Podcast, you just told me off air when your theory of all the dead Starks were going to come back to life.
0: They zombified.
1: They. Some of them zombified,
0: right? But not the ones we cared I about. I wanted, I wanted the moment Ned Stark like arose from the dead a little bit, and then Sansa to have that moment where she looks her dead dad in the eyes. Maybe he's carrying his head or something. I thought that was a missed opportunity, and they should have consulted us.
1: They should have consulted you. I thought that literally when that started to happen, when they zombified, I was like, Oh my God, Emily's right, he's right. And I got so excited they were bringing Sean Bean back. And I got excited they're going to bring Catelyn or Rob back.
0: I, but yeah. I guess
1: maybe um, Sean Bean has other things going on. Sean Bean's always the character, by the way, in every movie, every single one where he dies. Like, if you see Sean Bean in a movie or a TV show, count on it. He will be dead. Um, going back to when he was a villain in a James Bond movie 25 years ago. He was in a couple of Jack Ryan or one Jack Ryan movie back, I think, with Harrison Ford. I mean, consistently the bad guy, consistently dead at the end of the show. Um, So I was hoping this would not be the case. I was hoping they would resurrect Sean Bean's career um, as a dead guy by resurrecting him, literally, but that didn't happen.
0: A theory I have now, and now that Arya did kill the Night King, so this theory is no longer as compelling, is that Arya would kill Jaime, wear his face, and then go kill Cersei but now she already had her big kill. So do you think it's pretty much finished for the Arya Stark By the way,
1: you had shared this theory with me last week as well. And um, because you put that idea in your head when the Night King was approaching Bran, I thought, oh, maybe it's Arya wearing Bran's face, pretending (gasps) to be Bran. That would have been really cool. All of these would have been cooler than what happened in real life.
0: That would have been really and by
1: real fun. life, I mean on a fantasy TV show that bears no resemblance to real life at all. It's um, a
0: nice escape from...
1: I love it. Um, but I'm, I'm not I'm not super thrilled with this season. Or I'm hoping they have a couple more left, right? Like maybe four or five episodes left. Maybe yeah. three or four. And I'm hoping they're going to get into left. action. Four
0: left? Yeah.
1: I'm hoping my girl Cersei... Well, she's going to be back. I think you... you know, I, yeah. I can
0: tell you in the next episode, she is ruthless. Okay. That's awesome. That's all I can say. I
1: love her. Love her. Um, and uh, Jon Snow, I'm hoping he gets a personality. And stops looking like he needs some Maalox, um every every thirty <laughs> seconds. And um,
0: oh, I did love the when the little I forget her name, the little queen killed the massive zombie. Oh,
1: she was so great. That was yes. that was a great death. Yes, um, something Mormont. She was uh, the head of Bear Island. She was great. Yeah, I liked her too. Um, and it's a shame that they killed her. They killed a lot of people that I really liked. I loved I loved Jorah and Theon. I thought they were both completely probably the most complicated characters on the show, um aside from maybe Jamie. Um and now they're both gone. Now I'm left with my, my boyfriend Jamie Lannister, whom I've loved since day one and continue to love. And hopefully he's still around this week. Don't tell me if he's not. All right, let's move on to real life.
0: All righty. Well let's talk about that heartbeat Bill. It's completely horrific in Georgia. What? Oh,
1: the ones that showed me that politicians in Georgia don't know how a woman's period works. Right. Should because, we explain it to them?
0: I mean, after six weeks, if you change medicines, if you're stressed, you may not get your period, and it may just be, oh, I'm stressed. This is absolutely ridiculous.
1: Well, so what I find interesting is um, apparently um, to the fine men of the Georgia legislature and, and to Governor Kemp, um, man of the Georgia governorship, um, not everybody's like clockwork and some women actually don't get their periods on a regular basis. Um, yeah, they're still fertile. And so some women get their periods. Like you could set right. if you're to sleep, Yeah. you can or... Work out a lot. Um, if you have eating disorders, a lot of those women, um, have a hard time getting their periods, but it's not even if you're an athlete. I mean, a lot of people right. just are not by the clock. I mean, it's just the way it is. And to, to make them keep a pregnancy test by the nightstand to make sure that they're not pregnant is just absurd. And, and and what you're essentially doing is, I mean, so all these people who think that they're banning abortion, you're not banning abortion, here's what you're doing. Because history has shown when abortion is illegal that women will go to any means to end a pregnancy if they want to end a pregnancy. So you are forcing women to either self-abort, um, which puts their lives in tremendous peril, you're forcing doctors who um, believe they're doing the right thing to break the law, to preserve a woman's life, um, and you are, or you're forcing, it's really, it's, it, to me it's a very classist thing to do because honestly, if you've got the money, and you're in Georgia, and you're pregnant, and you wanna terminate a pregnancy, you're gonna get on the plane to New York State or, or wherever else, and by the way, if you wanna outlaw it nationwide, which Roe versus Wade's eradication would not do, just return it back to the states, Women have the ability to get on the plane. They have the means to go to Canada, to go to France, to wherever. I mean, you know, wherever wherever abortion is legal. What you're doing is you're making women, um, many of them poor, a lot of them young to the point where maybe teenagers and others, um, you're making them resort to things that they shouldn't be resorting to, or you're making them carry a pregnancy to term without giving them any support to take care of that baby after that baby's gone. I love these same states that have these crazy laws are the ones that do the least to help um, with neonatal
0: stuff. I saw this amazing retweet that is exactly on your point. Um, if a, so, she wrote: If a fetus is a person at six weeks pregnant, is that when the child support starts? Is that also when you can't deport the mother because she's carrying a U.S. citizen? Can I insure a six-week fetus? Can I insure a six-week fetus and collect if I miscarry? Just figuring if we're going here, we should go all in. Yeah, I mean, do I get to
1: deduct the six-week fetus in my taxes for that year? Exactly. Um, Look, I mean, I'll tell you, um, as somebody who has been pregnant, I I found out very, very quickly that I was pregnant because I was trying very hard to get pregnant, so I was um, going to the doctor a lot. And I knew um, that I was pregnant very early, before six weeks. Um, And and there really is nothing like like seeing a heartbeat, um, or hearing a heartbeat, I should say, with your fetus. But I will also tell you at six weeks, my son, was not my son, I mean, he was somebody who eventually grew into my son and became my son. Um, but he couldn't survive outside my womb at six weeks. He right. wasn't a person. He had no ability physically to survive. And, um, I had my son at a time when I was very ready to have him and prepared emotionally, mentally, financially, professionally in every single way to have him. And the life that I've been able to give him as a result of that is very different than the life I would have been um, able to give him if I were a 16 year old and got pregnant um, or an 18 year old and got pregnant. And so I think there's something to be said for thinking through the larger aspect of this, this, this requires not just, you know, we talk about abortion like it's in a vacuum. What about talking about preventing Girls from getting pregnant in the first place through real sex ed, not teaching them abstinence, which right. we know doesn't work, but teaching them means how to not get pregnant, um, providing them with birth control to make sure they don't get pregnant unless they want to. Exactly. Um, stop stigmatizing sex like it's the worst thing in the world, when in fact it's a very serious thing that leads to very serious lifelong consequences potentially. And so you have to prepare these girls for, and, and boys too, and men and women for the life-changing potential consequences of this, which means that you don't ignore the elephant in the room, which is, hey, you may wish that kids were abstinent. You may wish that people only got pregnant when they wanted to, but sometimes they don't. And you have to teach them the means to avoid pregnancy if they don't want it. And you have to, if they do have children, and you insist that they have these children, even if they don't want to, you've got to provide them with the support to help raise those children. Instead of what we do is we shame these people, we look at them and say, oh, it's your fault for getting pregnant by mistake, you're on your own.
0: Right.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> that's a very heartless and cold um, and awful thing to do, and I would say, for those of us who've never had an accidental pregnancy, there but for the grace of God. Um, and that's something that I think every hypocrite out there needs to understand. There but for the grace of God.
0: It's a sentence to the innocent, too, to, to a baby yeah. who's not wanted by a mom. And someone who knows they're not going to take care of something, to to put that kind of resentment on an innocent is is an awful thing.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, I I guess the counter version of that as well, for people who believe that life begins at conception, in Alabama passed an even more restrictive law, by the way, which basically outlaws all abortion, period. I think it actually starts with outlawing abortion at consent, at conception, excuse me. Um, Not even the heartbeat, but just you can't have it, um, which I think will be... I suspect, overturned well, by the it, courts.
0: Well, the Supreme Court in 2016 overturned one from North Dakota. But do you think now that the balance has shifted in the Supreme Court that this...
1: I, I don't know. I mean, look, Kavanaugh assured Susan Collins of Maine. And Susan Collins, this is so un-you if I'm wrong about this, but Susan Collins claimed that Justice Kavanaugh, before he became Justice Kavanaugh, assured her that um, he believed that Roe versus Wade was precedent and, and the law of the land and yada, yada. I have no idea. Um, I I don't know what he's going to say about that or how he's going to vote on that particular issue as a justice. I would simply say that um, I wish people would think about this in more generous terms. By the way, I am not pro-life, but I have plenty of friends who are, and I understand how well-meaning they are, and I understand that if you believe that life begins at conception, it is incumbent upon you to... Prevent what you consider to be murder from happening. I completely understand that. I don't judge it. Um, I think it is a very moral decision that people who truly are, believe and are, are just full of conviction that this is a, a life and a life begins at conception that that they cannot stand by and watch somebody murder um, who they consider to be an innocent child. But if I have, if people in my position have have, have the understanding about that point of view, then I wish people. In Justice Kavanaugh's position, I don't mean to single him out, Justice Alito, um, Justice Roberts, certainly Justice Thomas, I mean, all these people who are are, are likely to, to, to oppose um, reproductive rights, that they understand that this is also about the lives of women and the fact that these women um, are being forced to carry um, fetuses to term uh at a time when they don't even know they're pregnant and um can't do anything about it. And again, it's only gonna impact it's really only gonna impact younger and poorer people because <laughs> people who can afford a plane ticket will take care of it. They will take care of it. And so what you're gonna have in Alabama and Georgia are a lot more people looking for financial support from the state because they cannot afford to take care of the children that the state has mandated that they have. Um, You are sentencing these women to an awful life and you are sentencing these children um, to one of two things, either botched abortions, um, which will happen and increasingly so, or you're sentencing these children to um, a life of just, just a life that I think no mother would want for her kids. Because I would think that, look, I know plenty, I have plenty of friends who've, who've, who've had babies when they got pregnant by accident, um, you know, they weren't planning on, on getting, having another baby, but they had them and they love their kids and everything's great. But there are also people in a position to do that. There are also people right. who made an affirmative decision, excuse me, made an affirmative decision to basically say, oh, whoops, I got pregnant. I wasn't planning on having a second kid or a third kid, but I, but I did and I, and, and I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, this is not that, no, this is, this is actually not giving people the choice to have a child accidentally and I'm sure there's going to be people tweeting me or emailing saying well my mother got pregnant as a teenager and she wanted to have an abortion she decided against it and you know here I am as a you know successful adult and she's so happy she had me absolutely right that's this great not exactly that's not great and that's great for you and that's great for your mom and I'm really happy that she made that decision all I'm saying is that she had the ability to make that decision and um these women will not, and I think that's very sad, and I'm kind of, um, I can't believe this is American 2019.
0: Well, and a, just a quick side note to that, it's the only exception to that is if, in the case of rape or incest, but that's only if the woman files a police report, and then we know all the implications of how, in, it, there are some cases where it's a dangerous situation, a domestic violence situation, a violent household, where filing a police report is impossible, or can't happen. So these exceptions to this...
1: I don't get these exceptions because I'll say two things. Either you think abortion is murder... Right,
0: so then you can't have an exception.
1: So you can't have an exception, right? If abortion is murder um, and you believe that a child is a child and you're not going to punish an innocent child, then why are you punishing an innocent child who's the product of rape or incest, right? So right away, the rape and incest exclusion to me is it ridiculous. negates the whole negates point. the whole thing. Either you are somebody who considers a fetus a life at the age of conception... Slash six weeks or you don't and if you do, then it doesn't matter how that 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 baby came into being. Um, that's one too put yourself in the situation of a 14 year old girl who gets raped by her dad, right um, and she now has to go to the police on her own um, and tell her tell the police that her father raped her and what the consequences for her are awful. She has to go to a foster home or make a decision whether to stay in her house or go to a foster home um she's effectively on her own as a 14 year old she has uh her she has to watch her father go to prison um that takes a very strong 14 year old girl to do um rather than just go she has to tell her mother presumably if the police find out about it and her mother may or may not take sides with her against her father who knows I mean, there are so many consequences to what you're asking young girls to do who are in no position. And by the way, I don't even know at the age of 14 whether I would have luckily, mercifully, of course, I was never in the situation, but whether I would have had the wherewithal to even know how to file a police report or...
0: Right, to go about this to after go about trauma this. has already happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're effectively <laughs> raped by a family member
0: and now through all oh, that... and, and then, No, and a, the fact that they need to buy a pregnancy test, too. Yeah. In, within a six-week time my brain wants to explode that's
1: it's the, the the whole thing is the whole thing is awful and it's heartless and it's it doesn't take into account real life situations all it does is take into account this whole mantra about oh well we're pro life or pro life well if you're pro life then be pro life all the way cradle to grave or even more before cradle conception to grave don't be pro life where you don't care about the child once it's born you don't provide for neonatal or perinatal health for the mother um, that you want to throw mothers off, off of welfare if they have an extra kid. I <laughs> Guess how they have the extra kid? You're forcing them to do it. Right. Um, uh, There's so many real-life consequences to this, and it's, it's, I think it's tragic. And I, I wish... This is why I wish more women were in office, because even women who are pro-life, I think, have more sympathetic viewpoints about how this affects people than men do, because every woman I know, every single one, I shouldn't say every single one. Every straight woman I know has had a pregnancy scare in her life. Me included. Um, and uh, at a time when you hope to God that you're not pregnant. And there but for the grace of God um, go, go some of us, um, but not all of us. And I think any woman um, who's been in that situation, and that is, as I said, most straight women, understand that and, and understand the need to be a little bit more empathetic about the laws that we're passing.
0: Well... Moving on to our next subject. Speaking of empathy, uh, a Warwick, Rhode Island school district is has made any student with an unpaid lunch debt, they're automatically given a sunflower seed butter and jelly sandwich instead of hot food. Which the implications of this are absolutely horrific for the long term. for for the long term that it just does to the child's self worth, and th- then going into an ad- adulthood, I'd, I can't believe that a school district would for poor children point them out if they have debt
1: it's poor shaming right? right i mean guess what happens when when you're 15 again i'm going back to the 14 15 year old forget 14 15 seven, what's worse than seventh grade is there any period in your life that's worse than seventh grade seventh or eighth grade
0: no that's the uh, the it, braces the pimples the, the, like sex. you're
1: discovering boys you're discovering girls and you're just uh, your body's out of whack
0: um I mean I was perfect, but Yeah, people, you know what? I had yeah.
1: an awful perm. I'll show you pictures. <laughs> really horrible braces. Um I developed a little bit on the earlier side. So it was just an awful time. <laughs> um so but I will say um that in addition to all of that, you now have to worry about being made fun of because everybody knows why you're eating that sunflower butter, whatever that is, sandwich. Um, or you just go hungry and pretend that you're not hungry and that's why you're not eating anything. It's awful. And I understand that they're saying we have a shortage and we've, we're owed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in, in food um, payments by parents. But I'm of the opinion, actually, if we spend money on anything, and we seem to always find money for wars, we seem to find money for everything. We shouldn't have free or reduced lunches in schools. Everybody should get a free lunch in school.
0: And for so many people, that is the only hot lunch that they have a day.
1: Correct. But you know, for some of these people who get reduced fare lunches, if your parents make an extra five bucks, you're not, you don't qualify. Right. You may not qualify. So you have to really choose between eating or not eating. Um, and I don't think it's right in public schools to have free or reduced lunches because it's a public school. I mean, if you're going to send these kids to school, take it for free, take care of them. I don't mind paying more in taxes to make sure that every student, regardless of income gets a free lunch so that there's no disparity between what these kids eat and don't eat in school. I don't mind. We seem to find money for everything else. We seem to find money for massive tax breaks for the wealthy. We seem to find money for tax breaks for corporations, go to war, um, all this other nonsense, but we can't take care of our kids. And you're
0: investing in the kids' education, too, because a hungry kid is not going to get the most out of sitting in a classroom if all they can think about is their stomach being wanting food. And and so it's, it goes all around. If, if you help the kid eat, you're going to help that them have a better education.
1: I, I could speak to that. I was a super picky kid, um, uh, eater as a kid, which no longer is the case. Um, and I, um, I I went to... I remember in high school, all I ate was this disgusting brownie that they sold at the snack kiosk. I don't even know what it was called. Like, it was disgusting. It was repulsive. I would eat, I would drink a big thing of of Coke and I would eat this disgusting brownie. Um, Not even a good brownie, a really gross one. I don't think my brain worked uh, for the rest of the day. I just think it was hopped up on sugar. (laughs) And the whole thing cost me about a buck fifty for the Coke and, and the brownie combined. And I wasn't not eating because I couldn't afford it. I wasn't not eating because I was a horrible picky eater. But I also would say that for kids who are not like me who actually need sustenance uh, and and need good food, all kids actually need good food. Uh, they should have it, regardless of their parents' ability to pay. And so I think this is cruel in Warwick, Rhode Island, by the way. I think something like thirty or forty percent of their students are in free and reduced lunches, Rhode Island. It's right outside Providence, as you know it well. It's a top
0: unemployment. In the, it used to be, when I went to school there, the top unemployment in the country. for such Yeah, a
1: school. and you know, of course, you. I went to college in Boston, you went to college in Providence, so you know Rhode Island, that a part of Rhode Island is not wealthy.
0: No.
1: Um, it, so you're talking about taking kids and really shaming them, shaming them for their parents' ability to pay for them to eat at a public school, and... It's one thing if your kids go to a private school and you have the money to pay for a private school, but it's a very different thing. That Public education should be accessible to everybody. And my son goes to he goes to a private school so they get lunch included. Uh, but I can only imagine, he's in first grade, I can only imagine what would happen if, if that weren't the case and, and some people could afford to eat lunch and some people who may be on financial aid not afford to eat it. Uh, just even at that age, you, you start putting... Your friends stigmas. in buckets. Sure, I'm putting your friends in buckets, and it's not right. And I wish, you know, Rhode Island, come on, you're a good um, governor. Gina, you're a good governor. Um, right. Gina Raimondo, the governor of, of, of Rhode Island, uh, I think is, has been a very good governor. I know that this is not her... Bailey Wick, in the sense that she's she's not on the local school board, clearly, but there's got to be some sort of state aid for this kind of program, because well, this is not the right thing to do.
0: There was a GoFundMe, and it did fund the children. It, I think it just hit the level where all the kids will be getting hot lunches, but again, a GoFundMe is not a way to fund education. No,
1: it's not, and and every time I hear people say, well, people could just give money to charity, uh why do we need taxes? People could just give money to charity if they want to help the poor or the needy. Charity is only as good as your willingness to give to charity. Nobody's making you do it, which means that a lot of kids will go hungry. GoFundMe is essentially charity, and that's in Warwick because that's in the news and people talk about that. There are towns all over the country who are in the same situation. Nobody's talking about them, and so therefore their kids are going hungry, and it's tragic.
0: Right. So Julie, if we haven't talked about enough things to make us salty this week, what are you salty about?
1: Aside from the Battle of Winterfell, I am salty about Rudolph Giuliani, who is, uh, this was the New York Times, is going to the government of Ukraine and trying to, I think the word is collude with them to go after Joe Biden and Donald Trump's political enemies. And the great part about Rudy Giuliani is I guess he learned from the Mueller report if you actually say something out loud in plain sight, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> and so therefore, he's saying in plain sight, yes. I am colluding with the government of Ukraine to try to dig up dirt on my political opponents, somebody like Joe Biden, who may be running against Donald Trump for president. So as though Russian collusion weren't enough, what I find fascinating is, again, if the government of Ukraine does this, and and Rudy Giuliani is being very clear, this isn't to help Trump for president, this is to help Donald Trump well, okay, you're really doing this to help Trump for president because Trump for president will be running against potentially Joe Biden for president. So you're doing this for political reasons. And if that's the case, I believe that's called taking an illegal in-kind campaign contribution from a foreign entity, which I don't understand, again, how that is not clear to Rudy Giuliani. Unlike Donald Trump Jr. and unlike Jared Kushner, who Robert Mueller deemed may have been too dumb to realize they were breaking the law at that Trump Tower meeting— Rudy Giuliani is a former high-ranking Justice Department official. He's a former U.S. attorney. Certainly nobody can blame Rudy Giuliani for not knowing the law, and he knows the law. And so I would hope that our law enforcement takes a look at this very seriously, and I would hope they would understand that just because Junior and Kushner got away with something, presumably because they weren't too smart, doesn't mean that Rudy gets to have the same rules apply to him, or else don't ever talk again about your role in bringing down the mob, we're right. talking about your role as, as the great crime fighter, as mayor. I mean, what has happened to Rudy Giuliani? We talked with Mike Duhame about this last week, and I know Mike loves, loves Rudy. But what has happened to Rudy Giuliani, I guess, shouldn't be surprising. I always thought he was craven and, and, and complete phony. But how you go from being the, the law and order candidate to being the guy who laughs at law enforcement is just beyond me, and I, I don't understand it. I really hope the feds take a look at this. This is just absurd, and it's on the front page of The Times. So I understand, uh, Emily, if I say that I'm going to go in a shooting spree right now and I'm going to take you with me, that we're not involved in a conspiracy because we're talking about it openly. But at some point, you should just really understand that he is conspiring with a foreign government, and another foreign government, right. to mean, interfere he, in our elections.
0: And, and the thing is, it's like when you hear people chatter about you know, shooting up a school or terrorism or something like that, the government looks into it. Look up look up look at this chatter. Just look into it. What would nineteen ninety nineteen nineties Rudy Giuliani do to twenty nineteen Rudy Giuliani? Please.
1: Rudy Giuliani never met somebody he didn't want to indict
0: right so he didn't date himself. He
1: didn't date himself. Of course he would
0: Of course he would (laughs) (laughs) absolutely he would. Um that would be a hilarious conversation to see. 1990s Rudy Giuliani with 2019. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, you know, I guess old enough to remember when Rudy was pro-choice and Rudy was pro, you know, Rudy Rudy did not toe the, tow the party line the way he does now. Uh, the problem for Rudy is Rudy is fundamentally uh, just soul to soul. I mean, he really has. And it's a shame because if Rudy had just shut up after nine eleven. He could have made a lot of money and had a lot of influence the way Henry Kissinger has, for example. Not a great guy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's kind of this Eminon's Grease. And Rudy could have been that guy despite all of his shortcomings as mayor. But he could not stay out of the limelight and he could not keep attention away from himself. And as a result, you now see what you see. And God, I hope somebody nails him for this because it's so blatant. It is out in the open. It is so blatantly out in the open that it makes me a little
0: salty. What about you? Well... In Florida, governor. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I, just, I just let's keep it consistent. Uh, one of the only good things I liked that came out of the election in Florida was the fe- that it granted felons the right to vote. Yes, but Governor Ron DeSantis is now signing a BS measure that would require repayment of financial obligations before felons' voting rights are restored. So they would have to essentially pay as part of their punishment of being a felon. Oh, like a poll tax. He's saying it's not a poll tax because this is part of their restitution. Was that
1: mandated by a judge that it be part of their restitution?
0: No. So they're essentially implementing a poll tax to this measure, which I think they're afraid of when the next voting cycle comes along.
1: So that's BS, is, right? Uh, and it's BS for a number of reasons. You outlined some of them. I also think it's BS for a different reason, and that is that you have a consistent belief among Republicans that anything you can do to throw up more roadblocks for people voting is good for them. And i got to ask why that is. I mean, can you not win an election without cheating? I don't I mean, understand why you're an American-born... First of all, I am of the opinion, and I'm in the minority on this, and even among my fellow Democrats, I'm in the minority on this. I would give felons the right to vote when they're in prison at their last known place of registration. I'm not saying that we need to have prisons have entire voting cities. But when did you stop being an American? I mean, you have the right to vote. You don't have your citizenship you taken have away. Right
0: to a jury, sure.
1: I so. mean, I don't understand. So my attitude is you killed somebody and you live in New York City when you did it, and then you go for life, you know, you go away for life to, I don't know, Attica, is that even a place anymore? I don't know. Some maximum security prison in upstate New York. You vote by absentee ballot in New York City. I don't have a problem with that. I know a lot of people do a lot, including many members of my own party. But I truly believe that there are punishments that meet the crime, and if you kill somebody, for example, your punishment is that you're locked up for the duration of whatever your sentence is. But why your voting rights are taken away, that I don't understand. It's, it's, it's an, you're an American citizen. Nobody's stripping you of that citizenship. Are you over 18? Yes. Are you an American citizen? Yes. Then you should have the right to vote. Um, it's a sacred right, and it's not a privilege. I think it's a right. And to take rights away from people who have done their time, done their service, done pay their dues to society, are coming back into society... Whatever the judge has mandated they do, whether it's serve their time or pay a financial penalty or community service, they have done that, presumably, if they're done with their uh, sentence. Why prevent them from voting by making them pay extra to restore your voting rights? In fact, I have a very good friend um, who lives in Florida who um, was convicted of a felony and uh, can afford to pay to have his voting rights restored. But why should he? I know exactly what a sentence was, and he's in the process of completing it. And when he's done with completion of that sentence, I don't understand why he needs to do one more thing to be able to exercise his right as an American citizen over the age of 18 to vote.
0: Exactly. And, you know, it brings a sense of pride when you go into the voting booth. It makes you proud of where you're from and proud to be an American. And it's, why wouldn't you want to give that?
1: And we're all equal, by the way. Exactly. Right? Like, the nice thing about us is a felon is as much of an American citizen— as the president of the United States, um, in some cases, that they should be both the same thing, but that's a different story for a different time. Um, and so I don't understand. I don't understand why you are preventing somebody from exercising their rights as an American citizen under the law. So Florida, once again, and not just from Emily, but from Julie, who has a child who is desperate to move down there, you have made us not proud again. <laughs> And that has nothing to do with Orlando and Walt Disney World, which is a whole different reason for not to be proud of anything.
0: <laughs> and that is saltier politics for this week.
1: <laughs> we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. All